Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze. This is a bonus episode in the God Met Me Here series. And for this story, I've got Miss Donna Schooler. Donna, welcome to the show. I'm very happy to be a part of it. Thank you. Well, um, can you kind of give the audience a little overview about, you know, who you are and um, tell us a little bit about how you grew up and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes of your story. All right. Well, I grew up in a Christian home environment. My grandparents were excellent role models. Um, I went to visit them every summer. My mom was working, so she sent me to Pratt, a little old country town. Just, just made the map about four or five years ago. I had one first cousin, and we were partners in crime. She's two years older than I am. A very loving mother, very disciplined, praying woman of God, as my grandmother and my grandfather was. And kind of a sheltered life, a very sheltered life. Back in those days, you didn't, you couldn't ask questions because you know how the older people were. You know why you want to know that, and why you want to know this, and so <laughs> uh, that was kind of taboo in the family. I grew up in church, church, church seven days a week if they had it. Uh, I had people who watched me that I looked up to as role models. Uh, who took our homework with us. Was no none of I want to stay home when I got homework. Uh, my grandmother and granddad didn't believe that. They they carried us to church and carried us to funerals and everywhere they went, we went. Wow, wow! Sounds like you had a really godly uh, influence in your life. I I did. We both did. We did. We did rebellious. <laughs> so then, well, let me let me ask you this question, and I think this is the crux of the matter. How did God meet you? God met me when I actually really met me when I was in my in my fifties. Um, through all my trials, my tribulations, my ups and downs, uh, my whirlwind marriages that I had, uh, being naive at the age I was at nineteen, uh, just being sheltered that I didn't know what was going on. I believe. Everything that my ex-husband told me, I believed it wholeheartedly, and I felt hook, line, and sinker. And he was a good provider, but he was also a verbal abuser. He always had to be right. I was always wrong. I went to CNA. I was a CNA at the age of 19. He was in the military. We moved to California. I left my parents. Uh, my parents were overseas at the time over in Germany, and I stayed with him for about 10 years. And I just, I lost all my self-esteem. I lost who, my whole being of who I was. I finally just got fed up, and he, oh, you know, we're going to be okay. And and I I would pray to God that, that he would work things out, and, and you know, it just never, it never would work out. Uh, back in the olden days, it was a saying that, uh, my grandparents, my grandmother especially, if if your if your husband if the man likes your children, he loves you well. That really wasn't true, and I believed that for years and years and years. So 
I went to college, got my RN degree. I had to fight to get that. Um, and I just became became uh, alcoholic. I went to a state of depression. I went through a divorce in my last year before I graduated. And they told me that I couldn't graduate with my class uh, because I had too much going on in my life. So I had to back down, come out with the next next new class that came out that was actually under us before I graduated. And I went through turmoil with that. I'm like, Man, I don't want to do that. I had a beautiful director of nurses that worked with me, uh, encouraged me. All my teachers encouraged me, and I got through it. it took me a while to get a grip. I did graduate. I do not move to Denver, Colorado. Settled in here. Was still in the same, my same mode of, of drinking and depressed and low self-esteem. Um, isolation. I had a very bad case of isolation. Uh, I had made up my mind that I, I do good by myself. I don't need no friends. I don't need anybody. But little did I know that God always had kept his hand over me and my daughter. And I stayed single for a while. Um, different different male friends here and there with the same talk. And I didn't trust nobody, but still I was, I was, I was broken. I was really just broken. I wanted to really kept me going. I knew God. I never had a really relationship with God, but I knew that I had been different from birth. I never fit. I never just fit in anywhere with school friends. No one did I fit in with. I just, I didn't fit in. I tried. I tried to wear tight skirts and makeup, and it was just, it just wasn't me. Um, even back then in high school, I fell for all the wrong guys and. Anybody that was halfway decent, I didn't want to be bothered with. Uh, one guy, especially, was a sweetheart. But he was, I call him Goody Two Shoes all the time. <laughs> he was a beautiful, he was really a beautiful person. I just couldn't stand him. Uh, then I remarried. <laughs> I remarried again. Uh, again, you know, it all, you know, he stripped me off my feet. And I just knew that, oh, this, this is going to work. I, I just know it's going to work. He was also military. It didn't work. Um, he was younger than I was. A Casanova, basically. Uh, that didn't want to work, so I was working two jobs trying to take care of, of my daughter, and then I became pregnant with my son at the age of 34. I didn't want to get caught going through the change of life because I, I apologized that I would play crazy. But anyway... <laughs> I had a beautiful baby boy, um, and he was the last one. Of course, his last name was uh, was Love, and uh, we, my daughter was the oldest. Was fifteen years between them two, so I went through this marriage and I working double shifts and said, "Well, you know, he's going. You know, he's young. He's going to change, and he he would be. He's most moody. He would be good one week and sweet and loving and want to help around the house." Next week was another roller coaster ride. Uh, purchased a house, and I thought that would that would do it. First owner in my life, and again I was stuck with the whole responsibility of providing and being the provider. And I kept saying, well, you know, he'll 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 know he's young, he'll he'll mature and stuff. And again, I went to some of the verbal abuse with him, so we moved out moved to Alabama. 
uh, I moved there. She went to a lot of school here, which I kind of messed her up because she was, was ahead here in Alabama, were behind. And so I messed her up. And so she didn't want him to smarter than the class was, so she got a GED. And I was working uh, at, at a hospital, and and I, I felt isolated. Um, his mother and I didn't get along. His her sisters, I didn't get along with them. I didn't get along with none of my son-in-laws, but a couple of them that really stood by me uh, and helped raise Leon. And then I divorced him. I came to Denver and um, got a job and um, start working again. And then I was in off and on relationships after that, and just just the last one was just as put much verbal abuse to it, to it really had threatened my life. So then, would it be fair to say that your life in growing up in a sheltered home, uh, that God had to meet you in the midst of a string of verbal uh, abuse and? Uh, 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 kind of pull you out of that quagmire of depression and lack of self worth. Yes, 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 yes. I was very naive and gullible. I mean, I was, I was so, I was just kind hearted. I mean, I, I'd give you the shirt off my back if you asked you for it. I would give it to you. I stayed in trouble all the time. I just, you know, I'm like, where's your blouse there? Where? I gave it to say, well, what you do that for? I was just that type of a person. Uh, but I, like I said, I became isolated. I became an alcoholic. Uh, I didn't want to do nothing but take care of my children and go to go to work every day, same routine. Um, I started going back to church. I was in and out of church. I was sitting in the back row because it was a club that was next to the church. And I made a plan. I'm going to a happy hour. So this is why I'm in the back seat, back, back row back here. In the meantime, God had worked around my daughter's heart and got her going to church. And I uh, she used to, we both were alcoholics and we used to run together. And, and I didn't have a running buddy anymore. I'd be like, what, well, what is she going to church for? What, what, what is her? This was my, this was my, this was my road dog. We rode together and I kept going to church and, uh, my pastor and his my first lady was very, very lovable. I mean, they didn't judge me. I went in there all worldly with all my rings on every finger. I become the golden girl in the street. And I was sitting in the back row and and God would keep I would only go to God when I got in trouble, basically. Because I knew that I knew that he took care of us. I be and I he probably said, I am so sick of this young lady Come to me when she's in trouble, but when she's doing good, I can't. She can't come to me with anything. So um, I kept going to church, real church, and got a laid on my pastor's heart. Had prophesied to him that I was going to be the mother of the church, and I laughed. Oh no, 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 no! I said, I don't know. I don't know who God ain't told me nothing like. That. God has not told me that. Maybe He told you, but He ain't told me. And and Pat was very, you know, me like okay, all right, okay, mother, and I'm like he folks are crazy, and um, I kept going to church, I kept going to church, I kept moving up to a, a row every Sunday, I move up to another row, 
quit drinking. I began teaching Sunday school. I was head of the women's department. But I was still, just something was still missing in, in my life. The more I got to know God and realize by backtracking and maximizing the moment of my life, that God had a blueprint for me all my life. Even when I was out my, in my mother's womb, he had a blueprint for me. And I didn't know it. I was different all those years. I was different. I was set apart to be a part of him. And so I did that and, and started teaching Sunday school and, and cleaned up my act. I still was, I still had a lot of unforgiveness with my ex-husband because of all, what I went through with them. Because one of them, like I said, was just became really verbal and, and physical abusive. You had to start doing drugs and it was just, it was a bad situation to have my, my kids and especially my son at that time because he was a teenager. And, um, and of course, my ex-husband was an old gang member, and my son had got offered to that. And it, it was a healthy relationship, and I stayed in it. And God just told me one night, he says, if you don't leave, what y'all going to get hurt? Uh, both of y'all going to get hurt. Uh, well, the wife in prison. And I told my daughter and her, her boyfriend came over and got all my stuff in garbage bags. And I moved out because it was a very stern voice when God spoke to me. He said, it's time for you to go. So I got out and uh, they, you know, kind of protected me on my job. He would go up to my job asking for me. And they said, well, you know, she, she's not working today or, you know, she's not here. And I'll be at work. But um, I was just really broken and I got because I got back into church and, and start working in church, working with uh, every young lady on my job. God just put me where I could be a voice piece for God. He put me with any age of ladies from young adults to middle adults to senior citizens. That's who I work with. And I was able to witness to the younger young women that was being played by their boyfriends and husbands. And, and I said, no, I said, and it's none of my business, but I said, looking at you, you know, you're not happy. You know, you need to try to get yourself together, you know, get in, you know, read you some scriptures and take some wisdom from an older person like me. I'm not going to tell you nothing wrong. And that's how I got involved. Every place I worked in nursing and home care, it was always a group of young women around me. And there was a group of middle-aged women around me. And then there's one of them that was my cast. And, and she was a boy, but she had to be because of the type of job that she held. And I understood that. And I told God, I said, I don't want to do this test. I said, this test is hard. And he said, it's not about you. He said, you will do that. You will see it again. I'd be like, I said, but God, this is it's not going to work. I said, this woman, you, you know, she... she she was so sheltered and she had to because the job that she had and been African-American in a world uh, where they didn't have them as ICU nurses and stuff. She had to put that big front on and because she tried to intimidate me because I wasn't in her as a consultant. And I just told her, what is the problem with me? I said, well, what is the found that? What, is, what are you finding? I said, read the regulations. 
It's in the state regulation. And she just kept at me and kept at me and kept. And I, I was like, God. And I had told my pastor, this is a hard task. But believe it or not, we became the best of friends. She started going to church, and she's like an uh, older sister that I never had. And we're still friends today. So that went about. And then um, I just got, kept getting closer to God. And I said, I want to. I want to write a book, but I said, because I have a story to tell, but I said, I don't know how. So, of course, you know, that low self-esteem side of the devil's right creeping again with me in my mind, and I said, I can't do this. So, after my daughter, Felicia, wrote her book, and she said that, you know, besides God being with her and giving her the courage, I had encouraged her. And I said, well, I, don't want, I can't do that. It's not going to work out. And I, I started working with her. And then, um, like I said, I, got, I would stay really busy in church. And God had gave me many visions. I love working. I'm retired. I love working with, with the community. I've got so much knowledge of nursing and stuff that I could be right. a help. I learned what it is to be a senior citizen and feel alone. I was angry because my kids were grown by myself. Uh, they had their lives to live. And that was really a heavy, 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 heavy burden on my heart. I was just angry. I was frustrated and angry. I was angry with them because they had gotten married and I felt like I was on the outside looking in. But as I grew closer with God, that eased up um, a whole lot. So let me ask you this then, in light of everything that you've done, is there something that you would like to let the reader walk away with after reading your story? Uh, it's never too late with God. We, God is always there. Just like you said, God's waiting on us. We're the ones that mess up. Uh, and sometimes we can get so bold that it's hard for us to come out and we might not come out because we do not always heed what God is telling us to do. And that's how I see that's how I see my life. Ain't that the truth? I can I can relate on so many levels on that front. Um, you know, sometimes God will tell you to do something and you're like, I don't want to do that. I'm gonna fight him on this one. <laughs> Six months later he's still telling you the same thing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I went back, uh I had prophesied with my life years ago I was gonna be over many women. Uh, of God, and, and I know y'all, no, again, y'all, y'all be talking about size and make. That's not me. That is not me at all. Uh, but it has come forth through all these years, and that was prophesied with my life about 15 years ago. And I told my parents, y'all, y'all, uh-uh, no, you got the wrong person. That's not me. Uh, they start calling me missionary. No, 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 I'm not no missionary. I don't have to be a missionary to teach the word of God. I don't have to have a license. I, that's it. I don't have to do all that stuff. So I finally <laughs> got into class a year ago for a deaconess missionary. And it was rough because my dad was ill. We were going through changes with my, my dad. And I was trying to look after him and uh, study. And I lost him. And then I had my graduation was September the 27th, I believe, uh, on a Monday. And I hadn't had a chance to study. And I'm like, God, I just, I don't know where I'm going to go with this. I said, I haven't had a chance to study nothing. I'm fine. 
on an empty tank of gas one day to study, and it's done. It's just a test. But God came through again. He kept telling me, he says, I don't never put you anywhere where I'm not going to bring you out. And 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 my the the evangelists that work with me, uh, Mother Bertha Washington, which I didn't mention in the book, beautiful woman of God, pioneer woman of God, and she could look straight through your soul, and she would sit across with me, and she would just look at me, and I felt like she was just blowing a hole in my chest, and I kind of smiled at her, and she smiled back, and the other two was hug on me, and. And I'm like, you know, I I I, I got to pull through this. I've got to get through it. So I did graduate, and I still continue to teach Sandy School and, and what have you. And and uh, I have a cherished heart page on my messenger that for encouragement to others and and to show them that it's it's never too late. But we have to learn to listen to God. We have to move ourselves out of the way. And stop being so rebellious, but be able to walk with a purpose. I mean, even one of my CEOs, I couldn't hear, oh, she and I class all the time. And she'd always say, well, you need to be walking down the house, you need to walk with a purpose. And I looked at her. I said, thank you for that little nugget. And I said, everybody, you need to walk with a purpose. You know, and, and because God never leaves, we leave him. And that's why the book is, it is never too late. It, it hopefully will be the younger, Set that's coming up now that really needs the guidance and the wisdom. Uh, they don't need the friendship of their parents. They need a parent. And that's missing in this day and time. And I'm so glad that God birthed me in the era that he did and that I had the parents that I had because I didn't get away with nothing. I, I, so I got my, oh my God, my mom was going to kill me. and. and she said, you still breathing, aren't you? And I, I look at her crazily, like, yeah, but then how? Well, then you still living. But I just thank God that I had the type of, of parents and grandparents, even my aunts. And I just think that as much dirt that they used to do, that they weren't praying, but I know they were behind the scenes. I just didn't see them because it was prayer that got, got me through. Not my prayer, but their prayer. Well, what I hear uh, in listening to your story is I hear a lady that's been there, done that, has kind of walked that line of worldly stuff, but has come out of it. And now God is raising you up as a general in the faith, and he's calling you, as the scripture says, older women to teach the younger. And I just want to thank you for sharing your story. Very welcome. You know, it's stories like this, guys, that make me realize that anyone can have unresolved issues. Look where look where uh, Donna came out of, okay? She came out of verbal abuse. She came out of alcoholism. She came out of a whole bunch of stuff, and yet God used her. I really hope, and, I, and Donna, I think you would agree, I really hope that this book, with all these different stories, is an encouragement to the reader. I hope that it draws people to Christ, that it strengthens the those that have weak faith and i hope that that the kingdom of god is moved forward amen that's my goal amen amen well donna thank you again so much for coming on the show you're very welcome 
Well, guys, this is Teresa Blaze. This has uh, been the Unresolved Life podcast. If you want to have, um, and, and we're going to include Donna's website and, con- and and ways to reach out to her and learn more about her uh, in the show notes. But if you want to get more information about when uh, this book is going live and when we do further interviews in this series, go to www.unresolved.life forward slash launch, and we will keep you up to date for any anyone that wants to know. I mean, this this book is a, I really believe this book is going to change some lives and I can't wait to see what God does with it. So, amen. Well, this has been the Unresolved Life Podcast. We will speak again next time. You've been listening to the Unresolved Life Podcast. To catch all our past shows, go to unresolved.life. That's unresolved.life.